Welcome to the Growth Gradient Podcast, an exploration of life's many intricacies and wonders. In our multifaceted world, few things are as cut and dry as they appear, especially when it comes to our personal growth, career, and mental health. We are here to accompany you in navigating this voyage of life to inspire those aha moments that ignite the spark of purpose, build profound connections, and foster emotional resilience. We want to build a community that champions vulnerability and compassion because life is not a solitary quest, it's a shared adventure. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your host, Denalex. Let's, Let's embark, embark on, on this journey, journey together. together. So in today's episode, we want to address the topic of burnout because I'm sure we have all been there um, a couple years into working, um, pushing ourselves beyond our limits until kind of suddenly we hit a wall. So what exactly is burnout and what are the early signs of burnout? How do you kind of detect yourself that you're at the verge or you're already burnt out? I think for me, at least, I define burnout as like a fundamental lack of passion that you have for whatever you're doing. Or just feeling so exhausted that you can't muster the same energy that you would in the, mm-hmm. in the past for the same things you were doing before. Mm-hmm. Lethargy, that goes on for like, a long period of time, right? And maybe reaching a state of apathy and indifference exactly. as well. Yeah, the apathy and indifference is probably a hallmark sign of burnout where there's a fundamental disconnect between the work that you're putting in and the output or the result of that work. Like the person who feels burnout doesn't really feel connected to the work at all for whatever reason, both like for reasons to to work itself or for external reasons, like outside of work? I think one of the early signs is like when you wake up and just feeling so drained and you're dreading to open your laptop, to go to your work desk and workstation, to mm-hmm. work, to get your start, to, to get your day started. And that is, and then that kind of, that permeates and uh, gets carried into your day-to-day life and day-to-day work where your the amount of input mm. is definitely not equal to the output, the quality of the output. And at the end of the output, you seem to not also feel as content or fulfilled by whatever you produce at work as well. I think with all of those chains of like effects and chains of feelings, um, that would certainly be, um, that would certainly be qualified as burnout for me personally. And yeah. And I think um, especially when you are um, feeling not passionate about your work, I think this is something that is very uh, easily attainable burnout. So I think um, 
yeah, like, and, and then hence more and more people are realizing that burnout is unproductive for their life and for their work, um, and hence the rise of the Great Resignation. I think burnout can manifest also in different ways. So it might not necessarily be a feeling of dread, but a feeling of knowing you need a break, but being able to, unable to take one for whatever reason, right? So like um, when we like if you go with, if you go to the gym in the morning, right? Like you might dread getting up early, going down, like and then working out. But like man, workout you feel fine, like kind of have your energy back you're not groggy anymore so i wouldn't say a person like that is burned out but if you're constantly battling with like work deadlines in a position where you can't stop working or you can't take a break but you feel like you're just running on empty i think that is in in my mind burnout that also sounds like autopilot mode for me yeah, I think that apathy stems from that, like knowing that you're running on empty. Like you don't have the mental bandwidth to care as much anymore until you had a chance to rejuvenate yourself mentally and physically. Yes. I think based on what we said, is essentially twofold. It's either the lack of passion, it's the lack of feeling motivated to do the work, uh, or that you are overloaded and overwhelmed with the amount of work that you have that you don't even have the capacity and bandwidth to care about anything else in other aspects of your life. And, um, And both kind of would lead to the same outcomes of Um, not being able to produce and be productive as much as you would normally in your normal capacity. Well, I know you work really hard. Like, have you ever felt like you're in a position where like you're not operating at your full capacity because you're just exhausted or you're just lacking passion for whatever reason? I think definitely last year when I hit a big wall of not being able to just I think I've had two years where um, there had been so for the for the nature of my work, there are cyclical seasons of being really busy where we have to wear, work on multiple clients at a time. And those would typically be our busiest time of the year. And we normally would have lots of support lots of resources to get us through those periods. However, due to COVID, a lot of kind of resources were had to be readjusted and we were also adapting to new, um, I guess like changes of work, changes to our environment. And so I think um, a lot of people definitely have felt like, you know, that they were not able. So the personal boundaries and work boundaries were really blurred. And I definitely felt a lot of that. And uh, for two years, I had not been able to really define, very clearly define my boundaries between my personal life and my work life. 
and hence that led to really severe burnout in the end where I was so emotionally involved in every situation and to the point where I realized I had no more capacity to deal with all of the things in my hands. And so I spread myself too thin uh, and to a point where everything, it was almost like I tried to tightly grip the sand but it keeps slipping away because I was holding on so tight. And so the faster, the tighter I have the grip, the faster it slipped away. And eventually it led to my mental health crisis where I felt like I reached a point of apathy. I didn't really want to work anymore. Like I didn't even want to talk to my coworkers. I didn't want to I I was feeling really really disinterested in the work that I was doing because I very quickly kind of saw that it wasn't aligning with my interests at all. Um and I think because because I did so much of it, I I felt like I really needed a break. I really needed a change of pace and a change of environment as well. I know. So yeah, you mentioned that you were really emotionally involved in a lot of everything that was happening at your job. Like I feel that the, or one of the causes of burnout is being emotionally exhausted specifically. Mm-hmm. So at least for me, whenever I felt I know exasperation, like even if it doesn't stem from work life itself, like in my own personal life outside of work, that are being under sustained emotional pressure can start to affect your work life because you don't have as much passion to give to the work anymore. Yeah. Because it's been used up elsewhere. Yeah. And vice versa. So you get to use all your energy in your work life and then you come home and you have no energy to hang out friends or do anything you're actually passionate about mm-hmm. i heard about it like in um in i forget which country it was either china or japan i think it was china where they do like 996 right yeah and when people got home they were just so tired they couldn't self-actualize they just got on social media mindlessly just to like turn their brains off before mm-hmm. the next work day and that's why work-life balance is actually so underrated, but so important, right? Um, because at the end of the day, if you are working in a corporate job, you're still working for someone else. You're not really self-actualizing in a way that you are pursuing. I mean, it is possible that you believe in the in the mission and vision of the company and the purpose. But at the end of the day, you're still working for someone else to kind of achieve that goal. And so let's be real and honest here. Who is actually like extremely, extremely passionate about their corporate job? Aside from like working at startups or working, um, being self-employed, right? So I think it's really vital and really integral that we carve out some personal time to really 
avoid the possibility of tying our entire self-worth to our job, to our career, um, so that when things do go wrong on the job, you don't feel like your entire world is falling apart. You don't catastrophize and feel like you're a loser, you're a failure. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the... I'd say, actually, that's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. And I also apply it to every aspect of your life. Like you shouldn't, your life shouldn't be so dependent on one aspect of your life that if that aspect falls out, your entire life will collapse. That's a very dangerous position to be in. Yes, yes. And that's essentially like not putting all of your eggs in one basket, right? Um, You definitely have to diversify and do some risk management. It's because, yeah, like you definitely don't want to be in the position where um, if you hate your job and then that's your entire life, then you're going to have to completely revamp and find another life. And that's a lot of effort. On the note of like disparate income versus outcome, terms of corporate life like i think some people might feel burned out because like the amount of effort they feel like they're putting in isn't reflected in the output they get out right so like if you look for a large corporation and you make some change that increases the large corporation's revenue by like one percent or something like that and for a large corporation that's a lot of money but maybe the person who implemented that or came up with that change may see like a small fraction of that upside. So even though you worked on something end to end, you don't really, the, the output of that, you're not getting that in a way that you feel reflects your input. And I feel like that can cause burnout. Like you feel like you're giving more than, or giving in an unreciprocal manner. The more important thing is to have like something or a set of things where you can feel like you can self-actualize where you can work on something end to end and feel the satisfaction of having done it yourself. And like the emotional fulfillment of having done this mm-hmm. back to you, even if it's like monetary per se, this is an example, but having something you can do end to end that is yours, that you can be proud of and that you can experience the benefits of, having brought this into the world is important to have. So like some people do that with art, like writing, some form of self-expression, athletics, like where reward, like the reward matches what they put in. Yeah, exactly. And I think on that front, I think it's also that when people feel like they're undervalued or that they're being, they're not being recognized for their effort and for their achievements at work, I think that is the feeling of injustice, unfairness, um, and then that can mm-hmm. cause and build resentment toward the work, toward the team, or even toward the company. Um, and and that is generally not like something that people objectively not needed. Like it's not necessary to take it personally because it's. It's like the nature, I would say, of like teamwork and it's the nature of um, just big corporation that you essentially have to deliver and then you financially you have to 
um, factor in like operating costs. You have to also consider like taxes and then leave profit margins for shareholders, investors to see. And then with all of those uh, trickled down, trickling down to um, individual and contribution effort, I think um, there would be kind of like the the input and the output definitely have a mismatch there. And I think anecdotally, I did feel like I worked really hard um, on my client work. I was definitely one of the top players in my team. But at the end of the day, what made me feel sort of powerless was that I realized I was still a cog in the wheel. I was still replaceable because anyone can essentially pick up the skills I had learned on the job, like if they had some time to learn it themselves as well and just do as well as I could. And so that made me feel like just an anonymous person and that I was so replaceable and essentially a cog in the wheel. I think um, having, like what you said, having something that I can kind of claim my own. So for example, a hobby that I'm really proud and really uh, am well-versed in would kind of add that unique flavor and touch to my personality that I can say that outside of my identity at work, like I have this and that hobby that I love doing. And so I think like all of this like packaged together would create a more um, uniqueness to your character rather than just, you know, like being really good at your work. Like I'm really good at coding. I'm really good at, um, I'm really good at making PowerPoint slides. Like these are all skills that people can learn on the job. Yeah, I like what you mentioned about uh, uniqueness. Because for me, like, to self-actualize, like, I'll do, like, writing. And I feel like the things that I write, I know only I could have written this. And I feel like that kind of, it makes, it makes me feel a little, a little bit uh, less of, like, a NPC, I guess I would say. Like, yeah. In literal terms, yeah. like. You feel yeah. like you're your own person, you know. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to say before was like everyone can bake apple pies, so so I just wanted to correct that. I I was I meant to say that it's like you want to create like a unique combination, like you can like everyone can code, everyone can bake apple pies, but not everyone can bake apple pies and code at the same time. Like I think yeah, it's I almost mean, like yeah. yeah, it's almost like you want to create a very um, something that you can um, make yourself feel like you're special and that you can stand out. Side little side note. I feel like that's also like um, a little bit hard to do in terms of like finding unique hobbies. I mean, ultimately, I think people should just do what they want to do. Like if they find it fun, they should do it. But at least in the Bay Area, there's like a stereotype where it's like, okay, like every software engineer also like boulders or has these same interests and hobbies, which I feel like cause stems like it has like roots in like actual reality. So if, 
you might not, not even like need to go a step further to make yourself truly unique. If you need to be unique to self-actualize, or if you don't, just do what you like. I definitely agree. Like it, um, I guess like what I meant by being unique is also to just pursuing things that finding fulfillment that doesn't necessarily only come from your work and your career. Um, Exactly. You can though, if that's like something that you're super adamant about. Um, I've heard of great stories of people who like have been interested in a certain hobby and then turned it into a career since a very young age and then turned it into a career for like the majority of their life and then built like a huge empire out of it there are many many stories like that but for people I guess who don't have something to kind of um that they they don't really know or that they're still kind of in exploration phase like they definitely should um try to kind of find what their interests and passionate pursuits would be through experimenting with different things. Oh yeah. On that note, I was going to say, so actually we know that having something outside of work or having like opportunities to self-actualize can help with burnout, but let's say you're working long hours that you need to work. How would you then, I guess, solve burnout in light of that? Like, is the solution just find some way somehow to get those little breaks or rejuvenate yourself or what is your opinion on that? So if we were to talk to talk about like, for example, there is like a project um, that maybe runs like a month or two months long, and then that you have to dedicate like a hundred percent effort or 120% effort into that like months long project. I would say that first, like you definitely need to mentally prep yourself for it and that potentially there would be, it, it is very likely and possible that you will burn out at the end of it because um, yeah, like the amount of work that goes into it is fairly strenuous. Um, what I would do to pr- Um, circumvent burnout though would be I guess on a day-to-day basis like I would ask myself like what is it that I'm trying to get out of this what is the value that I see in this that can really bring into my life and my life going forward and um, that I try to ensure that I can um, reassure myself that the work that I'm doing is um, definitely bring value and um, that I try to also not like detach as well, um, not get too emotionally involved in the situations. I think just like having like a really moderated um, mindset and emotional standpoint in all of these um, in like the situation is is really important and at the end of uh the project completion i would say like definitely give myself like a big break a well-deserved break and 
uh, a vacation to just like fully relax and not think about anything because like I know that I've worked hard and deserved it and like I shouldn't be guilt tripping myself for relaxing and taking the time to really just um, not do anything. That's actually something I've thought about recently because like or you see I, I don't take vacation from work usually and I feel like I would save my vacation days for like really long vacations. What I realized is like vacations are also a lot of work too. Like planning, like going from place to place. Like you're in a environment that isn't your own home. Like it's not your own bed that you're sleeping in. Although it can be really interesting and exciting and fun. It doesn't feel like the same kind of relaxation that you would get just being in your own apartment or house and just like sitting there and doing nothing or reading a book or writing something. So lately I've just taken vacation days and done nothing. Like I feel like after that, I feel a lot more, I guess, rejuvenated than I would have. Otherwise, if I had traveled, even if it's just a day away from work, it really helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. I think also if, um, if like work starts to pick up and if once you start to feel some pressure, like it's also okay to just make sure that every single day you take out at least like an hour or two for your just purely for yourself, whether like whatever you want to do, like keep at least maybe one or two hobbies, I would say to just, um, just like, set some boundaries from work because you definitely still want to feel like you have still have some control over your life because um like yeah like you don't want like your work to just consume yourself completely on that note as well um i've started to start to pay people like so for example like i have like a virtual personal trainer and a, a chinese tutor that i see like couple times a week mm. and I have like scheduled sessions with them to kind of force myself to dedicate time to it. Otherwise, like if I'm working on something that's really important, I'll just like default to start working on that. Like I'll just get out of bed and after I'm done getting ready and everything, just start working on work stuff. So for example, like at my job, there'll be like when, like mental health breaks or like mental health sessions that they'll have like with People who would come and like just give a one hour talk or something, something similar to that. And what I noticed is that if I had like no personal stake in it, in my mind, I'd just be like, I don't have time to go to this like session. I need to be working on this thing instead right now. Mm-hmm. So for me, I needed to have like dedicated time with people who could almost like hold me accountable for like not showing up to a session or a class. And it kind of forces me, even if I don't feel like going to that class, like I still go and I'm always better for it afterwards. Yeah, exactly. I think like, especially I can totally relate to that because like when you're in the flow, you don't want to be disturbed. And um, because once you're disturbed, you could easily lose your progress. But I think um, like setting a routine like for example every monday at 7 p.m i have my tutor coming over or i have my piano lesson 
Um, and with that, then I can kind of like build and plan my schedule around it so that I activate my flow before, like, and during the day at like, you know, 9am to 6pm. And then I know that 7pm, I'm not supposed to be in my flow because I have my class. And so I think like, setting that routine and dedicating a specific time would, um, blocking that out would like, definitely help you like actually set boundaries and like um ha- um yeah like carve out time for that life balance component of the work-life balance yeah. i see this happen in like different company stages as well so for example like in a also for example in a startup your maybe you've heard the moniker like you're wearing multiple hats or you're just working long hours day after day on a project. Whereas in a larger company, you usually have like people with dedicated roles. Things are time bounded in a way that you can feasibly re- achieve the goals in like a sustainable amount of time. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in a startup, the they optimize for as much as possible, as fast as possible. Whereas large companies focus on sustained output over time. Or I feel like to live a balanced life, you need to have that kind of sustained or sustainable uh, balance in your life between your work and your personal life and your actual self-actualization. And there can be periods where you just, there can be periods where you just really do need to get something done that are just unavoidable. But after that happens, I think it's important to like consciously go back to that equilibrium of having sustained output. So you're not training yourself and you won't eventually find yourself in a position of burnout. And I think like another thing that I have observed in um, people that have reportedly like burned out from their work around me is also the um, them not understanding what their boundaries are or um, that like because like setting boundaries, setting boundaries, it is like a very um, popular and overused term, but like do people actually know what their boundaries are and how to set them? Like people know that, yeah, like you should say no if um, you don't feel like doing this, but like sometimes it's like people ask you, hey, like, do you have time to do this? And then because like the nature of my work, for example, is based, you're evaluated um, for your performance based on utilization. And sometimes you need those hours, but it's, is it really like something that you like working on? Like, do you actually know what you like working on? I think like those questions need to kind of be answered before you actually know when to set your boundaries. Um, And so like in order for your work to be fulfilling or that you don't even need to set boundaries in the first place, I think you need to first understand what you're actually interested in doing. Yeah, I think like, uh, because in so many times that people just they are on this like time crunch to um, fulfill or like chase or check off like certain um, items on their list and uh, complete tasks they kind of forget uh, what they need to optimize for to satisfy their own kind of interests and passion i think yeah reality is a lot more nuanced in terms of like boundary setting than 
it can seem like at face value, like you could tell yourself your manager or somebody else like up or, or higher in the chain than you ask you to do something like, would you not do that? Like in reality, like you'd probably do it within reason. So, or it's more of a question of constantly chasing the equilibrium, even though, you know, things won't be perfectly delineated all the time. Taking time for yourself to really ask yourself questions like what is it that I enjoy doing in this job and and what what kind of like what what do I want my day to look like I think like starting with those questions would really help you to kind of navigate your days and your work better so that you can ensure that you're at least over 70% of the time that you're actually doing things that you enjoy. Because if that number falls to 50% or even less than that, I think you can start to have these feelings of resentment or feelings of dread. That Because if only 40% of your work is something that you enjoy and then 60% of your their time is being spent on doing tasks that you don't even value or you subconsciously subconsciously think that it's not worth your time then that feeling that you're like you just wasted your time doing something that is like totally not enjoyable is 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 not pleasant and hence um it piles up and then and then leads to burnout yeah yeah I guess on that note, or one thing we could end on is, um, so given these percentages, uh, where do you feel like you are right now, I guess, percent-wise in your own life? And like, what's one thing you've done recently just for yourself to self-actualize? Great question. I think I'm at a point where like I'm over 70%, um, perhaps at around 80% right now, which is fairly healthy number I think because I've yes uh, I've been really trying to um, fill other aspects of my life with things that I wouldn't normally do and so um, sometimes like so each week I would try to do something new to kind of like keep my life a bit more entertaining so for example like I've been um, trying to I guess like I, it doesn't have to be something like completely new um, that I've like never tried before, but it's just like every week that I try to do something that is like a bit like different than the other weeks. So for example, like uh, one week I could be like taking a dance class um, and then the other week I could be um, just taking like um, some time like on the weekend to just read excessively um and um perhaps like when I'm picking the book to read I would pick something that I don't normally like pick a genre that I would normally read so for example recently I've been reading this book called Freezing Order which is um a a memoir of uh, this guy talking about his story being chased by the Russian government on his investigation on uh, a corrupted fund that was stolen by 
um, in which the money was stolen by a lot of corrupt organizations in Russia. And so it's been a pretty riveting story of uh, of and of a page turner basically. And so I would do these things to kind of like keep myself a bit more entertained so that I have something to kind of look forward to outside of my work. What about you? Right now I feel like probably a good 70%. I feel really good about work stuff. Like I'm really passionate about what I do. I do think there's a lot of like things in my personal life I want to improve upon, like, like both skills I want to learn and just like the environment I want to create for myself. But I feel like that's going, it's trending upwards, which I think is a good thing. And then um, recently just something to do for myself, like for personal enjoyment. I went to the symphony recently and they were playing some like Rachmaninoff and other things like that. And it was nice to just sit there and then some parts of it, you can just like close your eyes and just like think to the sound of like the symphony around you. And it was really nice just to have that in the middle of the week or in, in the middle of the week and just feel like it's not as like, or feel like it's not just all work. Like to have that was nice. It felt like it was, like it was the weekend even though it was like a Wednesday night. And I realized I, it felt like that because we usually reserve those feelings of like self-expression or introspection, at least deep introspection for the weekend, which I thought was an interesting revelation. And I think like it's only because if you have like work from nine to five, you really have, you really don't have much time for yourself to uh, reflect. And hence a lot of people would like do Sunday journaling um, as a way to kind of like wrap up a old week and then kickstart a new week, um, set some intentions and goals for the new week and then reflect on the the past week of um, things that you've done and achieved. So I think that would also be a good practice to have. So with that, should we? Well, I guess we... Yeah, we should start planning our next vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think, like, we need to treat each day as, like, vacation, too. We're not vacation, but, like, definitely. Oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I think that, like, I think, like, we shouldn't be, like, because if we think that we're, like, imprisoning ourselves and then that, like, vacation is, like, the only way out of, like, a miserable life then i think like then you're not gonna be able to find joy and enjoyment from the vacation because then you're essentially like true because you just you just are gonna go back to prison yeah yeah, exactly like you don't even like (laughs) like for most of your time like you spend so much time at work and for all of the time that you spend there if you hate it so much then like your one small vacation is not going to help um yeah and hence why a lot of um consulting companies actually have this very good policy for people to take sabbaticals and during the sabbatical they can do whatever they want whether it's like pursue um um education or um join a different company or just like take it off completely for um personal break 
mental health break. Um, it's something that is available for the employees. Which is also kind of sad to think about uh-huh. because like you actually have to give people a sabbatical to feel like rejuvenated, which means that the work itself is like something that could push people beyond their limits very easily. Yes, because like, or be- it's because we don't have like the concept of like summer breaks or winter breaks anymore. It's just like sustained work. And like maybe in the corporate world, you have like at most like a one to two week break around Christmas time or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's never really time to just really completely decompress, maintain that de- like that decompressed date and slowly wind back up. Mm-hmm. It's always like you leave work at 5 p.m. and you're at the airport to wherever you're going to fly to for vacation that same night. Then you're expected to decompress within like a week or so then come back to work feeling completely refreshed but that's like it's not realistic at all mm-hmm. so yeah what you said about just like finding work that you actually enjoy is really important to mm-hmm. avoid that or at least make it happen way less often because if you have the opportunity if you have the opportunity i mean some people don't like some people just have to do what they need to do to like survive or support their families or stuff like that but if you have the opportunity to work on what you actually want to work on i think you should take it there's like so many upsides to doing that and so many downsides if you choose to work on something you don't actually like i think like whether it's like a blue collar job or white collar job or like um it doesn't really i guess it does make a difference because um sometimes like people definitely i do understand that some people don't have as much autonomy or freedom to pick the things that they truly enjoy doing because essentially like everybody would want to self-actualize but not everyone get to do it to the full extent but I guess like just within the environment that you have it's very vital to at least find something that you enjoy within that environment and then yeah like maximize and optimize for the opportunities to work on them so like it can be like as simple as talking to your favorite coworker for at least once a day um and just like or working on something that you find more enjoyable than most other tasks so i think that is my message it's uh it's hard to do trying to just top like the hierarchy of needs, but I think to some extent, I think we all need to at least try to do so or put ourselves in an environment where it's not as hard to do that climb. Hey there. Thank you for tuning into the growth gradient podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to stick around, follow us on your go-to podcast platform. It really helps us a lot. If anything has piqued your interest or if you've got some thoughts to share, don't be a stranger. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at The Growth Gradient. And if you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, feel free to share it with them. Remember, folks, growth isn't a race. It's a gentle uphill climb. Let's keep adding those inches together one step at a time.